to Podette, the bite-sized podcast for business owners ready to start or grow their own podcast and attract more clients through the power of audio. I'm Tours, ex-television professional turned podcaster. Podette is brought to you by my company Podcastology, where we help ambitious business owners just like you create a show that's a strategic content marketing asset so you can get heard and get paid. Now grab a cuppa and enjoy the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss our latest mini episodes released every Tuesday and Thursday. Let's get started. Hey there, you're listening to episode 30 of Podette. Today is going to be a great day. I can feel it in my bones. Want to know why? Because today I'm going to help your podcast do its job better. We're going for maximum impact with minimum fuss. Who's excited about this episode? Me, that's who. I recently opened my calendar for free monthly podcast audits where I review all things podcast for female entrepreneurs to help them identify and make over anything about their podcast that might be stopping it from converting. As a podcast strategist, I'm passionate about the idea of conversion podcasting, which may be a new term (laughs) that I've just made up, but it's kind of key to a business podcast actually helping your business grow its reach, leads and revenue, and is what I want this podcast to help you and, in the spirit of honesty, me to do. So, To help you with that goal, by the end of this episode, you'll have learned four mistakes you're likely making with your podcast, and it's okay. Don't panic. I have made all of them. Plus, of course, I'm going to give you tips on how to stop making them because I do not want to leave you hanging. Cue a mini makeover search for your podcast. Who doesn't love a makeover? Now, most of the information out there about podcasting mistakes focuses on the audio quality of your episodes. So you'll often hear things like the biggest mistake you're making is not using separate audio tracks when recording more than one person or not editing or you're recording somewhere with background noise. And while, yes, these are important things you need to be doing properly, because that information is already out there, I thought I'd focus exclusively on conversion optimization optimization in this episode instead, because, you know, I think that's pretty darn important too. One of the questions I've been hearing more recently is how do I actually use my podcast to grow my business? Because it's all well and good being told that you have to create quality content, but from a practical standpoint, what does that really entail? As you may have figured out by now, there's far more to an effective and conversion-driven podcast than just clean audio. When I'm running these podcast audits, I'm looking to make it easy for listeners to choose your show over all the others out there, and to help you keep them listening if they've clicked play so that you can dazzle them with your brilliance. So yes, you want good audio, But people can and will put up with shitty sound if the content you're sharing, i.e. the words you're saying, are valuable and helpful and can reduce the struggle the listener is having with a particular problem. If they want help enough, someone will absolutely go through painfully bad audio to get it. Or at least I will. 
Everything about your show should be aimed at converting people searching for content into listeners and listeners into email subscribers, leads and clients. That is so important if your podcasting goal is to help your business grow and make money. If that foundation isn't there, then that goal is going to be very difficult to reach. So let's get your podcast optimized for conversion and jump into mistake number one. I have no clue what you do or that I can buy from you because you're not clearly communicating it. If your podcast is supposed to support your business, then I need to know what your business actually is. And like I said, some of these are going to be things that I have totally done before, like this one. A little bit of backstory. My past business was helping women learn to show up on camera and make videos. Given that I trained and worked in television production for around a decade, that seemed like a shoe-in for a great business idea. Only I hated it, which is not, you know, ideal. This is where my two failed previous podcasts came in. They were actually both an attempt at the same podcast idea. Let it never be said that I am not persistent. But I hated my business so much, I failed to properly communicate what it was that I did, and both podcasts pod-faded into obscurity along with my business. And admittedly, with a little help from Facebook and Instagram, but that's a whole different story. Sharing what you actually do to make money is going to feel weird. And you may even be feeling a little icky at the thought right now. Don't worry, I'm going to tell you how to make this easier in just a sec. But first, I want to be clear that you have to do more than just tell people your job title in your intro. Your listeners have to understand what you do, who you do it for, and how they can get started with the transformation your business offers and your podcast should be helping them with that. Your show can't convert if it's not actually pointing towards freebie opt-ins, products and services available through your business. Its job is to funnel listeners towards those things on your website, help it do that by sharing what you do and who you do it for. And look, I know that when it comes to talking about our business, products and services, it is easy to get hung up on the idea that it's sleazy, that it puts people off and that it can hurt our business. I know I have. So how do you share that information within your content in a way that doesn't squick you out? Well, I've already modeled it for you. Twice now, actually, I think. I started this podcast by telling you about the podcast audits I've started doing. Yes, these are a free offering, but they're still a way to give you a taste of what working with me is like and kickstarts the transformation my business provides. I've not sold them to you, per se, but I've communicated an offering clearly to you and told you it's for female entrepreneurs. A minute or two later, I told you what I was specifically looking for while performing an audit, giving you more information about the process. Plus, I casually dropped in my job title at the beginning to give you a bit more context. And I'm going to bet that at no point did you feel like I was selling to you. Using what you do, how you do it, and who you do it for to provide context for the information you're sharing is a great way to sell your business. And I'm using air quotes there. You don't have to actually sell in every single episode. That would get real tiresome real quick. Instead, you just need to let people know that they can buy from you. More importantly, that other people do buy from you and they'll do the rest. 
By the way, buy doesn't necessarily imply a financial exchange. Email addresses count too, which leads me nicely into mistake number two. Your episodes aren't conversion optimized. What do I mean by that? You're not using SEO to help your podcast get found in not just Google, but also podcast players, and or good copywriting to help people who do find you decide to press play. And oh boy, have I done that last one. I don't know about you, but the copy I use around my podcast is typically the last thing I worry about and the thing I spend the least amount of time on. Can you relate? But what is it about your episode that convinces people to press play? Yeah, that'll be the words on the screen that describe what people will find in the episode. I have not been giving this part of my podcast the attention it deserves, and I'm committed to trying to improve here because that easy win of pressing play that I'm after, that was not happening. So no more bland and boring episode descriptions that have zero personality and even less built-in persuasion. Even I wouldn't click on them. We need to reframe what it means to have a good episode to include how we talk about that episode within podcasting players and beyond. Can I get an amen? So how can we fix this? Personally, I think that your episode description should be reminiscent of who you are as a podcast host. What do you sound like in your episodes? How would you describe this episode to your bestie? What kind of language are you using? And how can you weave together something that sounds a little more appealing with some good old search engine optimization and a strong call to action? By the way, if you need a primer on either of those things, then check out episode nine for optimizing your podcast for SEO and episode 25 for eight tips for a killer call to action. I recently discovered that, while you can't use emojis in your podcast episode titles because some of the players don't support them, you can use them in your episode descriptions. They may not show up on some players' platforms and devices, but the rest of the text will still be there, and emojis are a great way to add interest and personality to your podcast episode descriptions. Unfortunately, using them in your podcast episode titles seems to make the entire title disappear. So don't do that. But really, you want to be crafting copy that invites, teases and persuades readers to become listeners instead of just banging out something good enough like I was, again with the air quotes, because we want to help our people find and listen to our episodes as much as possible. Mistake number three you don't know the value prop of your show. This is a biggie and was an issue I had with my two failed podcasts too. If you don't know what makes your show valuable to your audience, then neither do they. I think it's far too easy to get caught up in what podcasting does for us, especially when we're trying to create a podcast for business that's aiming for conversions. You may have heard me say it before, but I'm going to say it again. Audience experience is the key to winning. So if you're not sure what's in it for the listener, fix that as quickly as you can. Get clear on what transformation your show offers them, whether that's practical, emotional or inspirational. I told you mine at the beginning of this episode to help you create a business podcast that grows your reach, leads and revenue. And I do it through bite-sized episodes, my unique point of view and by modeling what I'm teaching on this podcast. Can you articulate yours as succinctly? Hit me up on Instagram and let me know your show's value prop. You can find me over there at podcastology. I'd love to hear what you come up with. 
Which brings me to the last mistake, number four. You're not selling me on your credibility. Your podcast is going to do nothing if people don't believe you're actually a credible expert. You can do this by sharing three different types of information. My friend, Nisha Woolery, calls these credibility pillars, which I love. I learned about these pillars in her course, Simple Sales School, which is awesome, by the way, and I'm not just saying that because I was invited to be a guest expert for it. She's the first person I've seen who's taken this concept and created three distinct headers or pillars to group different methods under. I've changed the first one slightly to meet podcasting needs, but they go a little like this. Pillar number one, learning based off the products, services and transformation your business provides. This is what I've demonstrated with this episode. I'm sharing information on a free service I offer to create context and credibility around the information I'm providing in this episode. And I'm giving you a reason to trust the information I'm sharing as a result. How can you casually drop what you do and who you do it for into your content to do the same? Pillar number two, name dropping can be a great way to up your credibility and the credibility of your business. I've demonstrated this for you too when I mentioned Nisha and my relationship to her. Ideally, you need to have names to drop that people recognize for this to work properly, and that may be an industry leader like Nisha, or it may be a qualification by a provider that's well known. Even if your listeners haven't heard the name before, the person or institution you've name dropped has to have sufficient credibility of their own so that when your listener goes and looks them up, it still does the job of providing social proof for you and your business. That may look like Instagram follower numbers. For example, Nisha has 32,000 on Insta, which should be big enough to lend credibility to her, even if you don't know who she is. Or it may be testimonials and reviews if you're name dropping a qualification or learning institution that are available to go through on their website. Personally, I prefer name dropping a person over an institution because we can relate to people more. But if you're operating within an industry where qualifications can make a difference between a client signing up or not, then don't be afraid to name drop that in addition to or instead of a person. Alternatively, if you've worked for a big enough corporation prior to starting your business that's relevant to the work you do now, feel free to name drop that. For example, if I was talking about how to interview people, I could say that I learned the art of interviewing while I was working at the BBC and was thrown into the deep end by having to interview actors on set of Doctor Who, Torchwood and Merlin. I could combine the name dropping by saying the very first person I ever interviewed was Holiday Granger, who you may know from films like Cinderella, The Finest Hours and the most recent remake of Lady Chatterley's Lover. If that hasn't just increased my credibility on the topic of interviewing, then I will eat my tweed flat cap. And I love that hat. And don't worry, I'll be talking about lessons learned from those experiences in a future episode. Although I really do need to start a list of all the things I'm promising you I'll cover. And pillar number three, share numbers. That can be revenue or downloads or numbers like that. But it can also be the number of lives impacted or number of years experience that you bring to the table. I modelled that last one for you when I told you that I trained and worked in the professional television industry for around a decade in the story I shared about my previous business. 
Numbers are a great way to share your credibility because you know what they say, numbers don't lie. While you're trying to build your credibility, it's important you're not undermining yourself with self-deprecating comments about yourself or your business. Do not kick over the sandcastle of credibility you're building because you think you'll be more relatable. I beg you, do not do this. So to wrap this episode up, think less about what sounds good and more about your listener. How can you increase your credibility? Use copy to persuade browsing podcast listeners to choose your content over your competitors. How can you make it clear what you do and who you do it for? And most importantly, how can you get clear on the value your show provides to your listeners? If you want your own free podcast audit, I only have a few spots a month available, so it's first come, first serve, but you can apply for yours over at podcastology.co forward slash audit. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this too, please share this episode with them. I'm all about helping more women get heard and get paid and would love your help on reaching more people. Thanks for listening. The show notes are over at podcastology.co in case you want to check out any resources mentioned or get more info on how we can support you and your podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review. It'll help me help more people get heard and get paid. Remember, new episodes will be dropping every Tuesday and Thursday, so hit subscribe to never miss one. Catch you next time.